Welcome to BitFaced. June is upon us and convention season is here. And this week in the BitCave, we've got uh, one of our good friends, Brian Grantham, was on last year. We talked a lot about pinball. This week, we're going to talk about the Southern Fried Gaming Expo that's coming up uh, this upcoming weekend in Atlanta. As you guys know, we're kind of local here to Colorado Springs, but I'm from Georgia originally, so there's nothing wrong with uh, giving a little love to uh, to the con down there. So, uh, welcome to the welcome to the Bit Cave, Brian. Hey, thanks for having me again. Hey, no, it's absolutely my pleasure. I feel like I haven't talked to you in forever. How's everything been going? No, everything's been going pretty good. Um, we've uh, I've I've getting ready to buy a house. I just have like a lot of stuff going on right now. That uh, setting up for this con because uh, this actually. Uh, takes off here in five days and so um got that going on just a bunch of stuff's all coming together all at the same time so what are you doing at the con this year i assume you're bringing games correct yeah um so i i still have some uh some pinball machines and uh, so i'm personally going to be bringing a robocop um arcade cabinet and then uh, Mr. And Mrs. Pac-Man pinball machine and a slugfest um pitch and bat game I don't, I don't know if you remember that from the 90s um, but, uh, I'm bringing those, I'm going to be bringing a bunch of like classic consoles and modern consoles, uh, cause I'm running the modern console tournaments and stuff like that. And so, um, usually every year I bring everything of mine that's working. Uh, the only things I have right now that don't work is my Jaguar and, um, I have like a, uh, uh, a 7,800 that's been acting weird, uh, for some reason. So I'm not bringing that this year. But normally you bring every basically your entire collection to, to let everybody play it? Yeah, basically. Um, the Every year we've gotten bigger. So like the first year, like the uh, console room was everything all together. Um, and then like Sony had like their own section and Microsoft had their own section because they bring their own stuff as far as like, uh, I, th- I guess the first year it was PS3s and 360s. Um, they may have brought ones, but I don't think so. And then last year, um, last year they brought, uh, we kind of like made a modern area and then had a classic area by itself. And, uh, and so Nintendo doesn't ever, um, it's really hard to get them to do something like this. And, uh, and so I last year brought like my Wii U and, uh, let people play that because I used it in a couple tournaments last year. And then the um, I had my Xbox One uh, for because we did a Mortal Kombat tournament and I did it on that. Um, but Microsoft still had their own stuff and Sony brought their own stuff last year too. So, um, but this year they're both going to be there. And then we're we're kind of like there is going to be a classic room um, that has a bunch of stuff. And I'm not the only one that brings classic consoles. Like there's stuff. Uh, there's stuff going way back. There's like old classic computers and stuff like that that people bring, like the Commodore 64 and that kind of thing. Um, and then uh, there's like there's some stuff that I just don't have anymore. Like I, I don't I don't have my Sega CD anymore. So somebody brings their Genesis and Sega CD and stuff. Um, but 
the modern stuff will be in like the main hall where all the arcade and pinball machines are. Uh, and then we're going to be doing tournaments in that area too, like up on a projector and stuff. So, so it sounds like uh, the event's gotten a lot bigger since last year. Yeah, definitely. We um we actually wound up outgrowing the hotel that we've had it in the past couple of years, uh, and so we have moved to the um, Atlanta Waverly Hotel, which is attached to the Galleria, and we have a much larger area. And because um, this year we're also kind of spreading out from just like arcade and pinball and console stuff. We're doing tabletop gaming as well. Um, do you know what the Artemis is? No. No. So like the Artemis is a, uh, like a basically Star Trek, uh, bridge. Um, that it's like a game that uses like where you actually sit down a con like a console and like you have to work as a team to like accomplish goals and stuff like that. That's going to be there this year. Um, and it sounds amazing. Where can you play that at normally? Honestly, I don't know. Um, I didn't set up that part of the thing. Uh, the let's see, it might say it on there because I know that there is a a particular um, like on on the website, the Southern Fried uh, Game Room Expo website. Uh, it has all the information about it, and I wonder. Let me see if it says where it is normally because I know that the guy that runs it, um, he it's a six player game. Uh, I don't know. I don't know where he normally has that. I don't think it says it on I here. would like to check that out. You said it's called Artemis? Yeah, A-R-T-E-M-I-S. So is one person, like, on the weapons, one person is the helmsman, one yep. is, is somebody the captain? Oh, man, that sounds incredible. Yeah, there's if you go to, like, YouTube and type in Artemis, you'll you'll be able to see stuff. But, yeah, it's it's pretty cool. I bet you can probably do it with computers and stuff as well, but... So you guys have outgrown your old hotel. Any guests of note heading this year? I know you had a few last year. Yeah. Um, so this year, uh, do you know who Lance Guest is? I oh, assume, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, I assume you do. Do you know Tyler? I do not. No. Have you ever seen um, uh, The Last Starfighter? Yeah. Yeah. It's been quite some time. Yeah. he's a, He is the main character from The Last Starfighter. Um, but he's also been in a bunch of other stuff. Um, let's see. He does, he does like a lot of TV stuff nowadays. Uh, I don't remember what I the last name. One other thing that I've seen Lance guest in. Oh, really? No, I do know him from last Starfighter though. Of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was, cause I know that he was in like, he, he was in X-Files and, uh, the wonder years, but he was also in movies too. Like he was in Halloween too. Uh, he's, he's been in all kinds of stuff. Okay, maybe I just haven't noticed him outside of uh, of that film. That's cool. Is he going to be there uh, the whole time? Um, I think he's going to be doing like a day. Uh, I don't know if he'll be there all weekend. Usually, when we get people that they are there all weekend, um, I think I'm not I'm not entirely sure on on his uh, what his schedule looks like for that that event. Okay. Any anybody else besides Lance? Yeah, so um, <clears throat> I am really excited because uh, there's a, a Jack Winery or Jersey Jack is is like his nickname. Um, he started – he kind of – for a long time there was only one producer of pinball machines. And um, Jack has been working in that and just like doing operate, uh, operator stuff and like um, family centers and stuff like that and, and doing different things, uh, owning those kind of businesses and – he kind of saw how pinball was like 
the quality just wasn't there anymore because it wasn't as popular as it was. And he felt a lot of that was due to um, the games were kind of lacking in features and and that the way it was in the 90s when, when pinball was kind of having like its last big hurrah, uh, games just weren't as full featured as that. They didn't have as many toys on the play field and that kind of thing. And so what he wanted to do was make a pinball machine that was just full like it, he went all out it was just full of features uh it had he changed it from incandescent bulbs to using leds for everything um you know really just modernizing pinball and bringing it in uh the back for it is like an lcd screen uh for his games and so like you have like an you know you have high def video on the back now instead of just like a static image and that kind of thing uh and so his second game just just started shipping in march and so he's going to be there. Um, his his newest game is The Hobbit. And so um, I'm, I'm actually moderating a panel uh, where it's just going to be like a fireside chat with him. And so I'm really excited about that because uh, the he created more competition because there was only really one producer. And the the stuff that he started adding to his games has really changed the way that Stern, who was around before, uh, how they started making their games. And so it'll be it'll be fun to have a good conversation with him uh, about that. Are you going to uh, record that? Yeah, it'll be on the uh, on the on the um, Game Room Junkies uh, web uh, podcast. Okay. Uh, yeah, because every every year all the panels that we do, we wind up um, putting up on that. So. No, that sounds good. I can't wait to listen to that. Mm-hmm. And then there's it's cool too because so he's there. He kind of like started that whole uh, you know marketplace competition thing, and then uh, another guest that we're going to have is Charlie Emery, and Charlie's story is really cool because. He's had a podcast for years about pinball, and um, I guess a couple years ago he he decided to be like a more like a like a boutique or small build um, pinball company, and so he started. Uh, he had he had worked a little bit with Jersey Jack and like uh, some printing on like the way that they printed on their on their wood and that kind of thing, and uh, so Charlie wound up quitting his day job and starting a pinball company. And he has a second game out also, um, which is like a, it's a Rob zombies, uh, themed pinball game. And like his whole thing, like his, he's a big horror buff. And so like his, his podcast is the spooky pinball podcast. And that has carried through his games. His first game was, um, kind of like a take on modern reality shows. Uh, it was called America's most haunted. And, um, do you know who Ben heck? Yes. So Ben Heck actually like designed his first game. Um, he did all the programming for it and everything like that, and, and then Charlie made it. And so um, Ben Heck works with Charlie, and they actually uh, he's like part of their team and that kind of thing now. So um, last year uh, Ben Heck was was at the show, and, and this year Charlie's coming. So uh, I'm really excited about that because the art on uh, the Rob Zombie game is like amazing. It's, it's the guy that does. <clears throat> it does. He, I think he does all of Rob's current artwork, and uh, it's 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 really really good. So I can't wait to actually get to play that game because his games. He only builds like 350 games uh, of of a of a theme or whatever, uh, and so uh, I've I've very rarely have gotten to play his first game. And the first game was really good, and I can't wait. They're bringing the new game to the show, and I can't wait to to take a look at it and get to play it. Um, <clears throat> and then a lot of the other people are going to be people that uh, are more in like the, the arcade um, uh, arcade stuff. Like you have Bill Adams um, and he was like, he, he helped create uh, some different games 
um, like back in the eighties and that kind of thing. Like he, uh, he worked on Tron. Um, and so he's, uh, he's been a programmer and, uh, on a couple different product, uh, on a couple different projects. Um, did you ever play Satan's hollow? Oh yeah. I own it. Yeah. So he, he worked on that. He worked on spy hunter. And so, you know, like he's, he's worked on some really notable games in the past. And so, um, it'll be really cool to, to hear about his past and, and how he came up in the industry and that kind of thing and be able to, uh, to get like an insider's take on, on how it was back then, you know, cause it, it was crazy. I know, I don't, I don't know if you've ever like read anything like, uh, about that time in gaming and like how crazy those studios were and, you know, the kind of parties they had and stuff like that. But uh, that's, that's I, always I have, fun. Uh, if, I can't remember the exact title of the book, but I think it's the complete history of video games mm-hmm. is a great read. Um, and I, I'm killing myself. I can't remember the author's name right now, but he used to be one of the guys that was always on G4 when they mm-hmm. would do those shows about the 80s and how the game industry was. Mm-hmm. Um, when I saw his face on the back of the book, I, I certainly decided to read it. Maybe I'll grab that in a second. But no, that those times were were crazy and completely different than the way a game studio runs now. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, and they didn't know they nobody had run a game studio before. Right. Yeah, and as long as those, you know, you know, it was, it was definitely smaller teams, but as long as those games were making money, like they, they kind of had free reign to do whatever they wanted in, in those studios, and so they kind of did whatever they wanted. Yeah, it sounds like you guys have a lot uh, going on. Tell us a, a little bit about the expo. What does it cost to get in? Uh, it, it's down at Cobb Galleria. Yeah. So the um, <clears throat> the actual hotel. Uh, it's it's connected to the Cobb uh, Galleria. It's the um, Renaissance uh, Atlanta Waverly Hotel, um, and so the it's it's in a much better location this year than it has been in the past because in the past there wasn't really a whole lot around where it was being held at. You kind of had to drive everywhere, um, but because of the location that we're at now, it's it is like uh, you can walk to a bunch of different restaurants and you know. The gallery is not a standout mall nowadays, but there – I don't know the name of it. There is like this uh, awesome mall across the street from it that is actually connected by like a walkway. And uh, it's – there's like a lot of shopping stuff that you can do and a lot of eating stuff that you can do. So um, you know that kind of stuff is, is much better uh, for, for being able to like slip away from the event uh, and, and get something to eat and stuff like that. So um, that stuff's kind of kind of nice to be able to – uh, to kind of decompress because there's just so much going on and it's, it's so loud for so long, you know? Um, uh, yeah, no, it's, you have to, even at a, a comic book convention, I have to walk outside for a little while during the day just to, just to get out of the air in there, if you will. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, like, you know, I know that there's a lot more people generally that probably go to, um, that go to, I, I've personally never been to a comic con, uh, but, not even uh, Dragon Con? I'm shocked. No, because, you know, it's always, like, it's always a holiday. And so, you know, like, uh, <clears throat> it's always right after we get back from conference. And right. so, I just never, I like, a lot of my friends go to it. I just, I've never had the opportunity to be able to go. Um, I think it would be a lot of fun. But, uh, you know, I, we usually have a, a, a presence at Momocon. And so I guess technically I've gone to that because I've I've worked that booth and stuff the past couple of years, um, and so it, I think I think Dragon Con would be a lot of fun to to go check out. But yeah, I only um, went once and it was it was good. Yeah, it's a good time. 
Yeah. Yeah, there's actually uh did when you went to Dragon Con did, did were they doing wrestling stuff? Oh god, I don't think so. Mm. So, they do wrestling stuff now. It's like a the local wrestling group and stuff or I don't remember what they're called. But they um they're actually going to be at at our event this year. Um it's the uh cuz we last year we had some bands and stuff and this year we've kind of grown at that out a little bit. It's the AWE uh, the Atlanta wrestling entertainment, uh, group. And so they will be doing a night uh, of wrestling in the same room that we will have like bands and that kind of thing play. But, uh, to loop back around to what you're talking about earlier, where you were asking, uh, prices. Um, so basically it's 30 bucks, uh, an adult 15 bucks, uh, for kids like each day, uh, for Friday and Saturday. And then on Sunday it's $20 for adults or 15 for kids. But if you do the like three day pass, it's $60. Uh, and then for kids it's 30. So you save some money when you, if you do it that way three and day it's pass, the way to go. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's too late to do it this year. Um, but next year, uh, if, if you, if anyone winds up going to it, staying at the hotel is by far like the best experience because, you know, we go, we like we go to like midnight or later, depending on what you're looking to do. But like all like there's a, a lot of different stuff going on, like the board, the tabletop area will be open 24 seven and that kind of thing. And so um, staying at the hotel, I've, I've done that every year and uh, it's it's so much better just to be able to like walk to your room after a long night or like hang out at the bar with a bunch of people that you met for the first time. And that's kind of the fun thing about cons like this is you actually, you know, you get, you meet friends that you see once a year and you get to hang out with them and do that kind of thing. So. Yeah. We're, we learned the lesson from last year. We're staying in a suite down by Denver comic con because mm-hmm. it just makes sense to, to just to, just so we can be there the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, I couldn't imagine having to like drive back up to my house because originally I was, I was thinking about doing that uh, the first year, but then I was like, nah, you know, I'll go ahead and stay down there the whole time because I just can't, I I would hate to have to drive like an hour back home, you know? So yeah, well in it, in Atlanta, anything is, everything's an hour away at at least. So I'm glad you're getting to, to stay down there and it's, it's this Friday, Saturday and Sunday, correct? Yeah. June 10th through 12th. And so, um, it's uh it'll it'll be a, i think i'm really excited for it like all the new stuff that we've added this year uh i think will be a lot of fun and um because we've grown more like um the uh there's been more people helping out with like setting up and everything like that and so that's that's been that's been really nice no that's good how many people do you expect over the weekend oh i I don't know what those numbers are. Um, I know, I know that it exceeded expectations last year. Um, I know our game count has has increased a lot because uh, we have we'll have over two hundred and fifty uh, pinball and arcade games uh, there this year. And la- like last year, we had to turn people away because there wasn't enough room uh, for the games that people wanted to bring. And so. Uh, with this new setup uh, that we're going to have and the ballrooms that we're going to have, it's, it's it's let us be able to bring in a lot more games. So that's always a good thing. There's nothing wrong with a little more ballroom. That's right. <laughs> no, and so how many games did you have last year? 250? That sounds like a lot. Yeah. Uh, last year it was – I want to say it was just over two. Um, it may have been a little bit more than that last year. The uh, And so uh, – 
it'll be really cool because, um, you know, there's one of the things like, so like a comic con or like a Momo con type thing, a lot of that time that you're spending doing stuff, it's, it's listening to people or like going to see people in the industry that you're excited about. Um, and like, I, like that's one of the things that I've never, one of the reasons I've never gone to a comic con, like in my head, it'll be seeing celebrities that are in comic book movies, uh, all, uh, artists and writers that I like for books. Um, and then, but to me, the majority of it is shopping like vendors, vendor space and that kind of thing. Um, and so I like in my head, that's what I imagine a comic book convention being like. And so like, if I use that same kind of logic to like what, what we do, it's really cool because you have the vendor rooms and you get to see the people that were in the industry uh, that you like. Uh, but then there's also like all the gaming stuff going on that you can, it's all set to free play. And so you can literally just play arcade and pinball machines for, you know, forever. And then like go catch a movie screening that we're doing. So you can go like watch a free movie or, uh, go watch someone speak about their life and, and that kind of thing. So what movies are you guys showing? Um, let's see the, I know a lot of them are going to be, um, documentaries about things, uh, or about different things uh, in the industry. Uh, we're of course going to show the last starfighter. Um, and then, uh, have you, I think I've heard you talk about this on another podcast. Uh, but Nintendo quest, you've, have you seen that? We did, uh, okay. see Nintendo quest and, uh, we did not like it. No, the, um, um and it wasn't that we didn't like the story. I mm-hmm. didn't like the protagonist. I didn't, oh, okay. I wasn't rooting for him. Yeah. I know that they had that they've gotten some some feedback because of like the pricing things and stuff like that how they didn't always show the price for particular games and that kind of thing. So, um I have not personally seen the movie, um uh, but but they're we're going to be showing that. Have you ever heard of Gaming in Color? I've seen it. Oh, okay, cool. So, we're we're going to be screen, uh, screening that. Um have you seen the next great American game? That I have not seen. What's that about? All right. Um, <clears throat> so it's about uh, it's about this guy who uh, takes. Hold on a second. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, he he basically uh, winds up making a tabletop board game called Turnpike, and um, the movie is about like the struggles. Like he ha- he's, has bipolar disorder, uh, and so it's like it, it took him like five years to do it, and so it's it's the whole the whole uh, story of like from start to finish and how it was inspired by his time in rehab and, and that kind of thing. So um, it's supposed to be pretty good. I, I haven't seen it. I've tried to stay away from a lot of these because I want to watch them while I'm there uh, because the first year I didn't get this. Oh no. The first year I watched several of the movies that, that we screened. And then last year I didn't watch any of them. And so, so this year I'm trying to, I'm going to make it to all the movies, and, and, and so I'm trying to stay away from them a little bit. Um, there's another uh, – since we're doing tabletop stuff this year, there's, that's kind of like a theme for a lot of the stuff that we're doing. So there's another um, tabletop game called Going Cardboard, a board game documentary. Have you have you seen that one before? I haven't seen that either. Is it on Netflix? I would watch both of these. I don't know. Uh, I don't know if they're on Netflix or not. Um, when they – like the movies that we screen and stuff – like we have to get like permission, have, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. you have to get the rights to be able to 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 view it and everything, or to show it and, uh, for people and that kind of thing. So um, I don't know, I don't know if 
those movies are on Netflix or not. Um, but they're also going to be doing the Clue VCR game. So uh, that ought to be a lot of fun. I don't know how well it'll work with uh, a group of people, but it was like, you know, do you remember like when like, what was it? Captain Power? Do you remember Captain Power? I do remember Captain Power where okay. you had the ship you held in your hand and you shot mm-hmm. up the screen. Yeah. yeah. So like during that time period, you know, there was like – all these things were trying to like transition their board game into a more modern format. And they're doing VCR. Uh, they're doing VCR versions of their games. Kind of like we, the same thing happened when DVDs came out, you know, you had all those movies like uh, seen it and that kind of thing where they were, you put the blue or the DVD in and, and played it. Um, I love seeing it. Yeah. Seen it is awesome, dude. Like I really liked, I guess I like the Xbox 360 versions the best um, just because of the social aspects of it. Uh, and the controllers are really cool, like being able to buzz in and that kind of thing. Buzz was really good, too. I still have my uh, – yeah, Buzz was good. I still have my buzzers somewhere for for seeing it. Those were those were good. Uh, those were good, good buzzers. Like they were perfect size, and I like the way that they worked out. I wish they would do another trivia-style game on the next-gen consoles. They – Trivia Pursuit came out, but that's really been it. Yeah, Trivia Pursuit. Man, that game, for what it is, it does not run very well. It's, no, it's kind it, of amazing to me. It's uh, it's very clunky, mm-hmm. but it's a trivia game, so I had to buy it. Mm-hmm. It is really good. What would you get it on, Xbox? Yeah, I have it on the one. Okay. I think I have it on the four. Uh, I might have it on the one. If I have it on the one, I'll have to play you. Oh, without a doubt, I'd love to play you. Why did you guys decide to bring tabletop in this time? Expanding your horizons? It's well, yeah, it's something that that we've been wanting to do for a couple years now, um, because the whole thing with with the Southern Fried Game Room uh, Expo is that it's everything in the game room, right? And so the it, it's we don't want it to be limited to just pinball and arcade and and console we wanted to just kind of encompass everything and so like if you go to the vendor rooms it's more than just that kind of stuff a lot of uh, a lot of the vendors like are decorate people that that do decorations for game rooms and, and stuff like that and so uh being able to bring in more of that we were just very limited in space uh for the last hotel that we were at and so um this is actually kind of cool because the way that this will be set up is uh, the the tabletop area is basically when you're walking into um, to where you're like getting your tickets or getting your wristbands and that kind of thing. Like you're walking like around the tabletop area, and so uh, it is like front and center uh, this time around. And a lot of, a lot of our guests that are going to be there this year are going to be people that uh, are in that industry and that make games and that kind of thing. So um, I have donated a couple things like. Uh, I've donated a game, a card, a card game called Coup, and then a couple Witcher uh, Gwent decks, and so. Um, but I'm really excited for that because it's really hard. Like once you start getting older, uh, like so, I have two kids, right? But neither of them are old enough that they could play any. We have a Beanie Baby board game, uh, but that's about as far as it's going to go right now. And so it's hard to get a chance where you get adults to get together and play play fun board games and so i'm really looking forward to that i mean i would agree with you but uh tabletops and board games and card games that's definitely that's what i grew up playing um Mm -hmm. a lot more so than like pinball as interesting and awesome as it is i think it's super cool that you guys are bringing in tabletops and everything um 
I know you guys are running tournaments for the video games, but are you guys doing any tabletop tournaments or anything like card game tournaments? Um, I don't know. I don't think there, well, there's no officially like sponsored ones by us that I'm aware of the, um, I know that they will be, uh, there will be, uh, someone that is on hand to teach certain games. Um, that is part of the, uh, planning, uh, team, and he will be out there like – I don't remember what games it is that he's going to be teaching people how to play. Uh, but um, I do know that that's going to be going on. I would have to assume that people will be uh, – based off the people that, that came last year that played a lot of uh, the Mario Kart and Smash Brothers. I'm willing to bet that those people will be bringing a lot of card game stuff too because – uh, and playing Pokemon and that kind of thing. I know that a lot of people that are coming from locally are Magic players, and so I would have to assume that they're going to be bringing their Magic decks and that kind of thing. And uh, I, I would have to assume that there's going to be people out there playing Hearthstone. Yeah, that's what we uh, we we've gotten into sponsoring here. Yeah, yeah, I know. It sounds like all, like a like it's an awesome time. Uh, what's the name of the place that you guys do it at? Right now we're doing it at a place uh, called the Fox and Hound, and mm. it's just like a local. I, guess, I mean, I guess they have them in multiple places. It's a chain, but it's um, we have one up here uh, right near us, down the street, and it's a it's a bar and kind of grill, and they have food and and like forty beers on tap. It's it's pretty oh, fun. That sounds awesome. Like I, I love places like that. Like I I enjoy a wide selection of things, and when a place has forty beers on tap, that makes me happy. And we partner with a, a group here in town called Project Hype, mm-hmm. and they run fighting game tournaments the same time we're running the Hearthstone tournament, and it's awesome. I mean, you've got 50 gamers in a room together drinking beers. Yeah. Yeah. The What's his name? Black Controller? or Black, Black Remote. Remote. <laughs> Black Remote. That's right. So, yeah. the um, No, that that sounds like it's an awesome scene because uh, I, I – uh, like, uh, you know, I, I, I listen to the podcast, so I heard you guys talking about – um, the different challenges and stuff that he had when he was trying to set all that stuff up. So, uh, it would be cool. Th- this area is so spread out. Like it- it's, I can't imagine trying to set something up like that to where it's like a consistent thing uh, and having to rely on people to show up, you know, we, uh, we have a very, I guess the town's kind of spread out, but a lot of us live up in one area. At least it seems a lot of the gamers live up here around us, around where Fox and the Hound is, so we have that advantage. I think you'll agree with me here, though, Brian, that uh, what we've realized is the scene is what we make it. So yeah. we need to make it good, Like, and we need to we need to show up places, and if it's five people or it's 50 people, hey, you know what? Bitface name is on it. You're going to have a good time, I hope. And if you don't, come talk to me about it. I'll make sure that you have a good time. But, uh, no, that's that's what we've, we've realized, and we were kind of closed off to ourselves, just doing the podcast we're like we really need to get out there and make this something just just make our community a little bit better mm. yeah and it's good too like the you know the number one thing with that kind of thing is consistency and so uh you guys you guys are pretty consistent on everything else that you guys do and so uh i can't imagine that to be any different for for those tournaments and, and that kind of thing and trying to set up that scene yeah we uh right now we have kind of a bi-weekly agenda where we're running it on thursdays um, I think we're going to switch it to every other Saturday, though, because mm-hmm. a lot more people say they can come out on Saturday, mm-hmm. and of course, because they don't work Friday. So, right. Um, it's going to be I think it's going to be nice. And if we keep getting a lot of people who want more and more events and different types of events, we might run 
you know, Hearthstone every other week. And then on the off weeks for Hearthstone, we'll think of another event that we'll try hosting. So we'll have something going hopefully every week just so we can hang out with everyone. Mm-hmm. Have Have you thought about branching out for more than just Hearthstone? Yeah, absolutely. Um, of course, Project Type, they do the gaming and they do it weekly. And, and Black mm-hmm. Remotes, he's kind of got that covered. And I don't really want to encroach on, on fighting games, but we were thinking um, all sorts of other stuff. We're not entirely sure yet. Um, one of the guys who comes out to our Hearthstone tournaments, he runs um, a Netrunner League. If you know what Netrunner is, it's a, another card game. And um, mm-hmm. so, yeah, we're we're just trying to figure out kind of what else we want to we want to encompass and we want to sponsor. Hearthstone has so many advantages, though. The fact that you can show up with your phone mm-hmm. and play. And yeah. we don't have to bring – Tyler and I don't have to bring anything except a, basically a laptop to run the bracket on, and that is it. What do you use for your bracket? Um, there's – I believe the website is called, like, Challenge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, dot com. And, like, it – it automatically just randomizes all of the brackets and we do double elimination because we don't want people to get knocked out first round and be like, well, I didn't have too much fun because I played for 10 minutes and now I'm done. Yeah. Have have you, um, have you heard of, um, match play? No. Tell me a little bit about it. You should check it out. It's, 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 so it's like a bracket software, um, that, uh, it has a lot of really good features. I think it's, technically in beta still but um we use that uh in like the pinball leagues and that kind of thing uh in this area and so um i like it a lot i'm I'm planning on using that for the tournaments for the console tournaments uh this year so so you running all of the console tournaments this year what what kind of games are you doing yeah so this year we're doing killer instinct um the the new the current one um we are also doing uh, Smash Brothers, Street Fighter Five, and Pokemon Tournament. Nice. That's very similar to what we have uh, at the Project Hype events, actually. Oh, really? Yeah, as far as the fighting games that they play? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, last year I did Mario Kart, um, and I liked doing that. But this year, uh, when I was trying to think of stuff to do, like I don't. Last year I, we did like Mortal Kombat, Mario Kart, Smash, and then uh, Pinball Arcade. Um, I don't, it was, uh, what, ta- what table was it? it? It was, um, party zone because that was every year we give away a pinball machine to, um, we do like a raffle for everybody that brings games and then, uh, you get a ticket for every game you bring and then we do a raffle with different prizes and one of the prizes is a pinball machine. So that was our prize last year. And, um, and so I did the, the pinball arcade tournament, uh, was on that, that table. And it, it was funny too because, like, you know, I assume what happens a lot at, at our expo is that, you know, a f- it's very family friendly, and uh, a family will come, and generally speaking, the adults will go and play pinball and arcade games, and then the kids will go to the consoles. And so, like, most of my tournaments last year um, wound up being mainly kids. I I, I try to kind of make it a little bit more difficult for kids to get to like the like mortal Kombat. it was it was at night you know it was like a nighttime tournament um but uh mortal Kombat had more adults playing it but pinball Ar- the pinball arcade tournament it was only adults there were no kids there uh for the, for that one and i was kind of surprised by it because i figured it being a uh a, a, a console game that it would be more kids but 
so this year I've I've tried to get away from that, and we're bringing Smash back because last year I I I own Smash, but I don't play it enough to uh to like unlock everything basically, and so I was kind of worried about that since I was doing a tournament on it. And so what I did was I just left my Wii U on with Smash and all the kids like had eight player games going because they all bring their 3DSs and that kind of thing. And since you can use that as a controller, they would all be playing Smash. And since they were all playing like nonstop, it unlocked all the characters for the tournament. And so that worked out really well. And I was kind of worried about that with Pokemon Tournament uh, because I do own that. But then I was like, you know, oh, well, how's this going to work with, you know, I, I really need two Wii U's. And two copies of the game in order for for me to do like a like a good tournament with it. Uh, but as it turns out, when you system link two we use together with Pokemon Tournament, it un, it un, it knows you're doing a tournament, and so it just unlocks everybody by itself. That's a really cool feature. Yeah, yeah, I didn't know that either because from what uh, the Black Remote has said, like you have to have all sorts of stuff to to kind of system link those and land them <laughs> and and make it. It's kind of a pain in the ass. Yeah, it is. Um, you know, since uh, I think the reason that they had it set up that way was because, uh, you know, other than Nintendo is not the most multiplayer friendly um, gaming console, the the way that uh, that Namco made it, uh, they made an arcade game, and that's basically where that game comes from. And the arcade game is two two monitors. And so the way that – because your angle, the way that you view your character when you're fighting is different per player. And so uh, I, you know, I think they were very forward-thinking in the way of being able to make that same kind of experience on a console. And they, they knew you – know, they've been in the business of fighting games for a long time. They knew that people would wind up playing it like that. And so I, th- I think they did a great job with that. It's a shame that we don't live closer. We've got a Wii U. We'd be more than happy to bring down to the to the con. Oh yeah, well, you know, I think last year you guys said that you were going to come this year, and so we uh we have we did take a trip to Atlanta this year, but we we had to kind of pick and choose, so yeah. we went for Strip Club Massacre, man. Uh, I understand. You know, it's it's my dream to to be in a horror movie, and hopefully, I was. So yeah, and and Tyler got a first. <laughs> yes, I sure did. <laughs> You definitely do listen to the cast, yeah, if, you, mm-hmm. if you know about that. Uh, <laughs> so last time we had you on, also a year ago, you turned me on to a game called Axiom Verge, which I love. What should I be looking out for coming up this year? Hmm. Um, give, me well, your, give me your sleepers, Brian. My sleepers. Uh, have you played um, Super Hot yet? No, but uh, I watched my nephew play it, and it looked very interesting. Yeah, it is a really a really fun game. Like the gameplay in that is, is really cool. The, um, the overarching like storyline to it is actually really interesting. And so, um, I think is and it's not very long. So like you can, you could run through it fairly like, in, I think it's like four hours or something like that. Uh, but you should really check that game out. The game's really good. Um, I know, I know. Tyler is a huge fan of Dota, and he says that League sucks, and that Dota is the best, um, the best MOBA. But uh, it's not out yet. Uh, but right now, I don't, have you heard of Paragon? So I'm actually really excited for Paragon, and I think it looks fantastic. That but game is amazing. Is it? Mm-hmm. So, I have I, I have like six days of game time 
Uh, and that and it doesn't count menu time. It's only in-game time. And I have like six days of game time on that game. That's really impressive. I keep getting the open beta invites. Uh, well, obviously it's open beta. Uh, but I got like closed beta invites when they were running that. And I guess now it's in open beta? Um, They do open beta weekends occasionally. Okay. Uh, if you want, if you want to get in on it, like, like because of the amount of time that I've put into the game, like I, I think it's every twenty hours you play, you get a free beta code, and so uh, when I get my next one, I'll shoot it your way if you want to check it out. Uh, but because like it, so everybody that works at my store uh, owns the game. Uh, one person bought it themselves, and everybody else, I've either bought it for them or given them a free code, and only one of them plays that game with me. Like no one else plays it, and so. Uh, I might have a code. I gave a code to somebody like a couple weeks ago and I'll shoot that code over to you also and see it because he probably hasn't redeemed it. And so I bet you can do that because you can, it's cross platform with PC and PS4. And so when you're, um, when you, uh, when you're playing it either way, like you have, like I have like a PC name and a PS, you know, the PS4 name is just my PSN ID. And so, um, so sometimes, like a lot of people won't see me online playing it, but uh, I'm usually playing it on PC. But it's really, really good. It's it's a they did really cool things with that game because most MOBAs are just flat because of the, the view. Uh, Smite is third person, like like Paragon is, but it's still like a flat um, a flat field basically. Whereas Paragon, they they made a lot of differences uh, with the elevation uh, for the different areas of the map and that kind of thing. And so it changes up things a lot because you'll be focused on pushing a lane and trying to take a tower. And then you won't notice that there's this guy running up on, on the side of like this hill next to you and he can jump down on top of you and kill you. So it's, it's really, really cool. The stuff that they've done with it. And they're every, I think it's every three weeks they're adding new heroes. And so, Oh wow. That's really impressive. I know I was looking at a lot of gameplay videos and I saw that, the elevation element and it really it surprised me it's something that i've not seen before um and comparing it to smite even a little bit that makes me happy because smite was a lot of fun yeah i think i think you'll like it a lot i'll i'll shoot you over that code and then uh and see if see if it works for you all right yeah man i'd love to check it out and i'm glad you said you play mostly on pc because i would much rather play it on pc yeah the it looks great on ps4 but it looks way better on pc and so and I imagine the controls and everything that you can do is just way more uh, intuitive on the PC. It's almost MOBA to me. The the way that it, it you keybind all of your abilities, it's mm-hmm. kind of meant to be played on a, a PC. I I actually play it on on a. Uh, I have an Xbox One Elite controller that I actually use to play it on PC because the the way it works is I think like right trigger is your left click and right bumper is your right click um and then like you know qr uh or qwer all map to the face buttons and so um it works out really really well with uh with a controller and so do you use the paddles at all on your elite no way i don't either i can't uh I might put one on there for something, but I definitely would never have all four. I, I've thought about doing it for Paragon because um, – so there's no shop in this game. Most MOBAs have like a shop where you buy items that will enhance different abilities uh, or give you potions. And so the way that this game works is you have like a, a deck that you build 
and then you use your deck and you activate it with with experience that you get for the deck when you're playing the game. And so the way I I do my deck is on my left on my D-pad is where my healing potion is. And so sometimes like if someone's attacking me and I'm backing up and turning and attacking them back, like it's hard for me to I don't want to take my thumb off my analog stick to hit that. And so I've thought about putting a paddle on just for that one reason. Um but I can usually I can I can handle it just fine. But how are you liking that controller? I love that controller. I and do the, too. The action in the analog sticks is so good. Like I know it sounds crazy to spend 150 bucks for a controller, but if you look at like the Xbox One, um, or even PS4 controllers, PS4 controllers are 65 dollars if it's not black. Um, the special versions of the Xbox One controllers are like 69. So you know you're talking less than 100 bucks more for like a controller that has steel uh steel sticks so they don't wear um the weight in it's really good i love like the grippy stuff on it um i don't know i i think like the and the like how the the uh d-pad like i don't use the round one i use just the regular d-pad it's better i think than the regular xbox one controller but i also like that it's metal better Mm -hmm. yeah it's a great controller I'm, i'm liking mine too thanks reap uh, yeah, because I didn't have to pay for mine either. I got it as a gift. Are nice. You, are you playing with yours right now? I can hear you clicking on it. Yeah, I was. <laughs> I, I picked it up because it was next to me, and I was I was admiring it. I'm glad that you can use it for for PC. Yeah, the um, uh, I'm trying to think. Yeah, I guess I because uh, it doesn't come with the adapter for it. I don't think so. I think I had to get that separately. But they have. Just like they had the 360 dongle for the PC, they had they make a, a dongle for the Xbox One controllers too. Yeah, because I use a I use a DualShock Three on my Mac to play mm-hmm. arcade games, and it works perfect. Yeah, you gotta you gotta get a computer. <sighs> no, <laughs> I keep telling him that too, but I mean the only way that's ever gonna happen is it's never it's not what. What work do you do on on your Mac? Because that's what a Mac's for. It's for work. So Facebook. what work are you doing? See, like a PC I is use Word. Yeah. Wouldn't you rather use Word like on a PC though? No. Uh, why? I don't want something that I have to fix every seven months. You just rather have something that you have to replace every six months. I have never had to do anything to my Mac. You don't have. To- that, see that, but that's Apple's whole thing is like planning for obsolescence, and so like the way I mean, hey, I got an iPhone, you know, but like the their whole thing is, oh, something happens, just replace it. Oh, we're gonna do this, so you have to replace the item. Whereas like a PC, you can just swap out a part and and fix it that way or upgrade it that way. I just don't. The majority of games on PC are not in my wheelhouse, mm-hmm. and there's so much good shit on console. I don't have time to have a third. I. But I wouldn't you, wouldn't you rather have better versions of your console games? Is there an equivalent of Uncharted Four on PC? Uh, not no, no. But how about Doom? Like games, games. It's funny run you bring better. that up because mm-hmm. uh, our streamer couldn't get Doom to run at all on his PC. It works perfectly on my Xbox One. Yeah, that was a very that was a very isolated incident because I I have Doom on PC. And everybody that I know that has Doom has no problems running it. So I don't know. I don't know why. Like I don't. I don't know what his problem was with it. But the uh, like games run better on PC just because PCs are more powerful than what the consoles are. I mean that's why they're. There's no replace. argument from me there. Yeah. 
So it just I don't know. I I like PC because I know that you like having your physical collection and that kind of thing. Um, but like like I have like over four hundred games in my Steam library, you know? Like it's it's nice to just like I have like multiple terabyte hard drives in my in my PC and I like just being able to sit down and go and I'm gonna play this game or I'm gonna play this game. The only time that it it's a negative thing for me is like I have ADD and so the majority of games in my Steam library I have never played or I've played for like five to ten minutes and then I start playing something else because there's so too many options. No, I went straight digital uh within the last two years and I do everything off a two terabyte hard drive going yeah. into my one and I haven't filled up my PS4 yet, but I'm sure that time will come and I'll, I'll attach a drive to that as well. Yeah. The main thing I use, I use my consoles for are, um, either exclusive titles or for, um, if someone, if I, it's like a social thing, uh, and you know, with the way Microsoft's going, like all their titles are going to start coming out on PC also. And if they start getting their cross-platform stuff working, um, then there's no need, you know, to get Xbox One games at that point. Yeah, I can I can see that, and I mean, everyone kind of has their preferences. I'm glad that we're going to get the cross-platform play. I think the more people playing a game, the better. Yeah, and you know, Microsoft said that they're open to Sony uh, being able to play with Sony servers too. Like, you know, Rocket League was kind of the thing that spurred everything because. Rocket League is cross-platform with PC and PS4, and it's cross-platform with Xbox and PC. And Microsoft has said because you know Microsoft needs something to get to get a like an edge, and so they're like, "Hey, we would be happy if companies wanted to start having cross-platform between Xbox and PS4. Uh, we would be happy to do multiplayer gaming like that." And so, I think that would be really cool because when I'm talking to people about consoles, like. The only reason you would ever pick one over the other, to me, like there's two reasons. One, what do your friends have? Are you going to be playing with them? Then you need to get that console. Or two, do you like Uncharted and God of War more than you like Halo and Gears of War? Like ultimately, like those are the things that that make you choose one console over the other. So Those are also the things, the reason I have to have them both because I love Gears of War and I also love Uncharted, so it sucks for me. Yeah. Yeah, but, you know, there's other, there's other exclusives uh, as well. And so... You get you get the opportunity to to be able to have all of those. So, yeah, like Salt and Sanctuary. Have you played that? No, you know I I always played the Dark Soul games, and I'm not I'm not a huge fan of of ska games as games like their art style and that kind of thing. Um, I think it's really cool what they did and how 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 much that they like the Dark Soul games. They wanted to make a 2D version of one. Uh, and so I think it's really cool. Uh, I'm glad it exists. I just, I, I just don't have the time and patience to deal with a game like that. I can understand that. Did you play Dark Souls three? Yeah, I got I got past the tutorial boss, and um, I think I got up like I got up right near the first main boss, uh, and then. I think that's around the time that I got into Paragon, and so I haven't really played like anything else since then. It's uh, worth uh, it's worth the playthrough. Yeah, I've I've never beat a Dark Souls game, and I know the first one. Like I got the first one on 360, and I want to say a lot, something that I do a lot that I hate uh, is I'll buy a game if I like it, then I'll buy the collector's edition version of it. And I think I did that for that to like because I think it came with a statue or something. Um, but then I also got it on PC, 
And ultimately that's what winds up happening. Cause I know I did the same thing with two worlds too, as I, I got the console version. I liked it so much. Uh, I got the collector's edition and then I bought it on PC. Were you the uh, only one that liked that game? <laughs> nah, dude, two worlds two was awesome. Ryan, Ryan liked it. Ryan Curley. I got, okay. I got him into that game. That game's amazing. That game, did you did, did you ever play part two? Or did I you just tried. Yeah. Well, okay. So the thing with that game is you have to get like four hours into it because when you start off, you're like on this like little island that's a tutorial area and that part is terrible. But once you get off that area and you get out to the open world and you start like doing things like, you know, making your spells and that kind of thing, like that's where that game gets really cool. Is is once you get to like the main open world area, and then the story part to it is like cheesy and dumb, and they like they know it. It's like a B rated. It's like a B movie. I just I uh, I guess four hours for me, man. You better do something. It's the same problem I had with the new Dragon Age game. Like you better give me something in the beginning that's going to keep me hooked. If not, I am gone. Ah, oh, dude, that the the first time you turn on Dragon Age and you hit start, like that's enough. That should be enough to get you hooked there. Like the whole explosion and like everything, everybody flies back when you hit start. I'm kind of on the same, uh, the same wavelength as Eric here, though. Like, and a lot of people told me, well, you you really have to play up until you get your castle. The castle, yeah. And I'm like, you've told me that that's potentially up to 20 hours into the game, and yeah, that's a whole other game that I could have played, beat, and put away before I get to the point where apparently Dragon's Age <laughs> becomes really good. Yeah, the um, you know, I'm I'm really bad about finishing any games at all. The uh the thing like The Witcher is like that with me, right? Did did either of you ever finish that? Hell no. And I didn't finish Metal Gear uh the last Metal Gear either, and both for the same reasons. As soon as I turn it on, I want to do everything except the main quest. Yeah, the um my problem with like I I didn't I started hunting for the griffin, and then I never even uh, – is that what it is? Yeah, it's a griffin, right? At the very beginning of The Witcher that you're trying to find. Like I didn't even yeah. fight that thing. Like I got I, – I started doing stuff, and I was like, oh, well, I need to go get these things to make this potion. And then like open world games I'm really bad about because I will just get completely sidetracked and wind up just wandering off and doing nothing for hours and then being like, oh, man, like – I didn't accomplish anything in these past couple of hours that I've played this game. And so I'll just, I'll, I usually will stop playing it. Yeah, there's another game that uh, that I loved and a sequel is coming out, I believe, this year. Um, and I haven't beaten it yet for that same reason. I I want to go find all the cool objectives and I want to do the side quests. And that game is Deus Ex. Oh, and... dude, I love that game. Uh, the The last one that came out was like my favorite game of that generation. Another one I haven't finished. I beat the first two games, but I did not finish the last one on the 360 because I want to say I got stuck. Yeah. Normally so, when I quit, it's because I, I get lost or I can't find out where to go and I'm just like, fuck this shit. I'm going to play something easier. When when that game came out, like if you went back to it now, there should be – I think there's an update that will fix some things. When that game first came out, if you spec in a certain way, the boss fights were impossible to beat. And so the um, – and eventually what happened is they came out with the director's cut and that had where they had changed the way that that stuff worked. And so that you could get through it. But I bet that's what happened with you is that you specced in a certain way and you just couldn't beat the boss fights because of it. Yeah. I probably, uh, stealth spec mm-hmm. would be my guess. Yeah. 
because it, you it, were able to play the other games that way. Right. Yeah, I I, I love that game because I didn't play it as a shooter. Like I usually played it as stealth, but I bet I bet my I like hand to hand stuff in, in those games, and so I bet, or especially that game, and so I bet that. I, I don't. It's been a while since I've played it. I don't remember how I spec, but I do know that that was an issue that they had, that they ran into the with that game. But we get the sequel this year, so that's mm-hmm. uh, that's exciting. What else coming out this year? Are you uh, are you excited about? Hmm. Uh, I'm kind of excited about No Man's Sky. So I'm. I, I love... was until I heard it wasn't multiplayer. Uh, well, see that doesn't bother me. The um, because it's so big. It, I mean, technically it is multiplayer, but it, it's that universe is so big that you would never see anybody playing it. Like the the way that they made that game is they had an algorithm creating planets the entire time that they were working on it. And what it would do is it would make GIFs of of the planet. And so every day they would look at like a wall of just like these animated gifs of the planets that, that were created. And if they saw something that was becoming like a trend, like, oh, too many red planets or too many blue planets, they would go in and change the algorithm. And so like that's why there's like a never-ending slew of planets. And so you know, the ultimate goal of that game is to get to the center of the universe or whatever. But um, the stuff that you do when you're on a planet, like if you're the first person to find that planet, you can name it. And then other people that get to that planet will see that it's been named by you. And let's say you want to kill everything on a planet. Uh, when someone gets there, if you have done that, then there will be no life on that planet. You know, there are multiplayer aspects to it. But, uh, you know, those games, like, you know, I, I I will tie that game up similarly to Elite Dangerous. Have you ever played that? I haven't. No. So, like, Elite Dangerous is a very similar styled game. Uh, where there's really no narrative, like you just kind of do whatever you want to do. And a lot of people really like the concept of those games, like, oh, wow, it's this big open world, I can do whatever I want. But if there's nothing guiding you to one thing, uh, then a lot of people really don't know what to do, and then they wind up not doing anything and then just putting the game down. And so that's the only reason that I'm not super excited for No Man's Sky is because I think that eventually that's what's going to happen. That game has been hyped up for so long that people are just excited to play it, and I think that's what's going to happen is people are going to play it and then be like, like, the only thing I'm doing is going to the center of the universe and, like, talking to random people. And, like, you can't... The way that the language system works in that game is, like, when you talk to other, other NPCs you don't understand what they're saying. You'll understand like maybe a word. And then as you find these obelisks or the more you talk to them, you might start understanding more than one word. And I'm sure that there's some kind of like meta game that deals with all that kind of stuff inside that game. I just don't think that the majority of people that buy that game are going to stick around long enough for it to matter. Yeah. Uh, they need a universal translator or something. Mm-hmm. And stick a thing in your ear and it can eat the sound waves and then poop them into your ear. So you understand them. Hey, that sounds good to me. Uh, when's that? Is that September? Uh, let's see. It was supposed to be this month. And then I think it got pushed back two months. Okay. Uh, so August something, I think, is when that game comes out. Um, yeah, that, that just happened. Uh, let's see. What else am I excited about? I'm excited for Paragon to actually come out. And then that'll be, that'll be my thing. Like, it sucks because, like, you know, Overwatch I was really excited about. Uh, but I haven't even really put any time into that game at all, but just because I've been playing Paragon nonstop. 
Overwatch is really good. You should give it a shot. My my problem with it, um, I don't know if I don't know if it's because of the pacing of of a MOBA and just because I've been playing so much Paragon. Like MOBAs are are usually very slow paced until towards the end of the game, the end of the match, uh, because you've you know leveled up so much and that kind of thing. That Overwatch is very quick and. If you don't have like I feel like what I have played in that game, if there's not a healer on your team, like you're not gonna win at all. And so not true, but it does help. Yeah. And like it's so fast, like even like I I played the beta a whole lot in that game, and I I always play as Trobjorn, and um because that game is so fast, like I can just put my turret down and then like work on just like softening people up for it and then repairing the turret and that kind of thing. I don't know if it's like I'm old now and I just can't handle fast games anymore or if it's just because I've been playing so much Paragon that I've just kind of gotten used to that that, that pace of gameplay. Because Battleborn was the same way. Did you guys play that? No, and the only reason I didn't is because it looks so similar to Overwatch and I knew – that at the end of the day, Blizzard was going to get my money that month. Yeah, it's very different. Like the gameplay is nothing alike. It's already dropped twenty bucks. You can get it for forty. Well, they they did that. Uh, so there's been this like people have been confusing Overwatch and Battleborn for a long time, and because the, you know they're both colorful and very um, stylized uh, art style to them and everything like that, and so like they've kind of had this rivalry going back and forth. And so uh, I'll have to shoot you the video I took. But um, when when Battleborn came out that day, Overwatch did an open beta so that everyone would not play Battleborn. They would play Overwatch. And that's and, exactly what I did. Yep. And so like – and so what happened is when Overwatch came out, Battleborn dropped their price 20 bucks and, uh, and, and stuff like that. So like it, they did this like commercial that was kind of ridiculous because it was the regular Battleborn commercial and then towards the end it's like uh, – it's like um, crazy, uh, crazy and specialized heroes. Yeah, we've got that. Uh, you know, um, uh, fast, fun multiplayer. Yeah, we've got that. A story mode. Yeah, we've got that on Battleborn at least. And so, like, and that commercial dropped like the day Overwatch came out because I know I know how you guys were talking about the value proposition in terms of content to dollars for that game. Uh, that that's that's part of my my problem with that game is I understand where that game came from, Overwatch, uh, and I do not think that it's worth the dollars that that it cost for that game. But I understand why they did it because it was it was the remnants of Titan, and they they sunk so much money into that MMO that they needed to get some kind of payoff back from it. So, And I'm kind of sad that they didn't just, uh, they obviously didn't get as far as they needed to. If you know what we're seeing is, is overwatch um, from Titan. Well, you know, they said, you know, they, they wanted, they worked on Titan for so long, they could just never make it a fun MMO. Uh, and it's funny because, so the way that I think – I'm sure that a book will come out one day where the whole history of Titan is, is revealed. The way I think it is, if you watch the, the TV spots and like the trailers and stuff for Overwatch, like they always talk about how they're hiring – or how they're looking for more heroes and that kind of thing. So I think that the way that that game worked is instead of Alliance and Horde, you had Overwatch and Talon and that you were a new operative for either of those things and that the heroes that you play as in Overwatch – that those were going to be like the hero NPCs that were trainers and that kind of thing. So like, you know, if 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 
you if if maybe you decide to go the healing route, you know, you have okay, I'm going to be a healer, for, a healing superhero. Okay, so Mercy, Lucio, and you know, the, they're going to teach me their skills and that kind of thing. And then what you have in Overwatch was essentially going to be what the battlegrounds is for that game, and so that's that's why if you watch those trailers, like. I'm sure all that CG stuff was done so far in advance that if you listen to like the actual wording in it and stuff, it it doesn't make sense for the game that Overwatch is. Um, And I think that's also why the amount of content that's in that game, like I think, you know, I know Blizzard is like their own thing and that Activision, they may own Blizzard, but I think Activision kind of lets Blizzard do their own thing. I think at some point someone said, you guys have got to put a game out to make some money off the amount of money that we've spent on this thing. Uh, and you know, Blizzard has done always done a really good job at, at supporting the games that come out. Um, and generally speaking, uh, I don't personally mind microtransactions uh, when it relates to cosmetic stuff because um, you know that's one of the reasons why I like Dota and Paragon is that all the all the heroes are free, uh, but you're paying for cosmetic stuff. It just kind of bums me out that a sixty dollar game you get two game modes and like something like four maps. And then you still have microtransactions in that game. And, you know, they kind of did PC gamers a little bit better by doing the $40 one uh, if you don't care about those origin skins and that kind of thing. But, you know, I don't know. Like, I it's I, I wish I liked it more than I do. Uh, and I understand why people love that game. But I just don't like the pricing structure for that game for the amount of content that it has, even though the, I know they're going to support it and they're going to put more stuff into it. And that's what I'm hoping, too, that uh, that they do do well by their word and that they uh they support the title because i've had a lot of fun playing it with my friends yeah and that could be part of my problem too is i haven't really played with with people i've primarily only played it like in pickup groups and stuff like that so yeah you it's it's not very much fun by yourself you really do have to have a group of people to play with yeah anything else coming out this year but i guess we're gonna probably wrap here in a couple yeah, I, I can't really think of anything else that I am super excited about that is coming out. I mean, everybody's expi- excited about Infinite Warfare, right? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you you tell me. You get to uh, – how many pre-orders of that game do you have? I have a lot, but the majority of that is, is the – legacy edition that comes with modern warfare and that's the majority of people like most people that are buying it like so i don't i i don't mind like i like sci-fi stuff and so call of duty going sci-fi i mean you can only do so many like modern day terrorist stories you know like i don't mind it going going sci-fi and i'm sure that it's not going to be aliens it's not going to be like kill zone i think i think what the over what the main story to that game is going to wind up being that humans have colonized other planets and one of those colonies is attacking earth because they want it back or something like that. I think, I think that's what the story is going to be, but I don't mind sci-fi stuff. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of happy that there's such a divide between battlefield and call of duty this time around, uh, where you have world war one or you have space, you know, I think that's really cool, but, uh, I think it'll be fun. I haven't put, I think the last Call of Duty that I spent a ton of time in was probably Black Ops 1 um, <clears throat> because, you know, eventually it's just the same kind of gameplay. 
<clears throat> and if I wasn't playing with people that I knew, like I just didn't put that much time into it. I like Black Ops Three. I, I liked Advanced Warfare. I liked the double jumping, like boosting stuff. I thought that was that was a really cool addition to something that you know the kind of they, that kind of game just kind of gets stale after so long with with how many entries they've had. Uh, so space stuff doesn't bother me. Uh, I think it'll be it'll it'll play like battle or it'll play like Call of Duty. Uh, it's just a different setting, and I just don't understand why why so many people are upset about it. You know, I. I if, I don't know if you've looked at the YouTube dislikes on that game. Have you Have you looked at that? I've heard it's pretty. L- last time I looked, it was like two million dislikes. It's it... the most disliked video on YouTube. Yeah, I thought that and... was the Ghostbusters trailer. Nah, uh, Inf- Infinite Warfare beat it out. Yeah, because Ghostbusters isn't even like at a million yet. Like that's that's that. Last time I looked at that, it was either sixty eight thousand or eighty six thousand. Like like this game, and a lot of that has to do with you know the nature of the video game communities on the internet uh where you have like groups that are like oh yeah i'm all battlefield let's go let's let's put you know a campaign together to get people to go and dislike this video because it's call of duty you know that kind of thing um but a lot of that is actual call of duty fans that are kind of upset that they they want another modern warfare game um they feel like advanced warfare and black ops 3 you know are too futuristic and even ghosts like a lot of people felt ghost was too futuristic um, but I don't know. Like, I think, I think there is a space in, in the today's market for like a sci-fi game and a world war one game. And you don't need, there's plenty of other games out there for modern military shooters. If that's what you're looking for. I don't think it has to be call of duty. No, I completely agree with you. And and you know what? Battlefield, I, I, I'm glad that they're going the direction they are. They better step it up too, because Hardline was a giant steaming pile of crap. So I'm, <laughs> I'm hoping yeah. that hoping they come out with a good game. Yeah, but that wasn't Dice that made that. That was um, that was uh, Visceral, the guys that made like the Dead Space games. Um, Which I they, liked all the Dead or, Space games. Was it Dead Space? I think Visceral made the Dead Space games. But the uh, so it was it was a different team. That's why it was more story focused and that kind of thing than uh, than like they tried to go more places or whatever with their story than what dice usually does because <laughs> I know, I know that you, uh, you're not very happy with your star Wars, uh, battlefront purchase, but you know, that's where, uh, that's where dice was putting a lot of their, their attention was towards that and this new battlefield. And so it's, it's my own fault for not doing the research and I'm not disappointed that I spent 60 bucks on the game. I'm disappointed that I spent 50 bucks on a season pass and I still have gotten one set of content and it's June. Yeah. That's that's inexcusable in my opinion. Well, they're going to announce part 2. Are you excited about that? Yeah, I mean, but I should already have uh, you know, I should already have the DLC. No, I know they're going to do a part 2 and I guarantee they'll have a campaign mode in there because of all the bitching and moaning that went on on the internet. And even the lack of campaign didn't bother me. It's the fact that I spent fifty dollars on something yeah. that I don't have. What? Uh, how many packs were supposed to come with that? Four. Four, and only one of them's come out. Only one has come out, and the unlockable characters, and we've talked about this on the cast, were an yeah. absolute joke. Yeah, and Rito. the maps weren't great, and you know, didn't they do a free a free pack too? Because they did uh, for pre ordering it. You got um, uh, Battle of Jakku. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, they did. They did. Was that was that the only one that they did for free? I felt like they did another one too. 
I feel like it's only the Battle for Jakku, and then they released expanded versions mm. of it, like where you could do it in a certain mode, or you could do it a, in a, you know. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I think they maybe added other modes. Because I, I got that game. I, well, actually, I got that Darth Vader PS4, and then I I got that on PC also. Um, it was like I, a consolation hand job, man. I mean, yeah. it, I'm glad I got it, but it wasn't the best thing in the world. Mm-hmm. What are you guys excited for? Uh, coming up Tuesday, I will be playing Mirror's Edge. Yeah, I like Mirror's Edge a lot. Um, yeah, I guess the the two I was really excited for already came out. Actually, all three of the games I was stoked for. I'm excited for Deus Ex. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll definitely play that. I'm excited for Mighty Number no. Nine. Mm. Um, maybe we hey, get you. Cuphead this year. Yeah, but I don't know. My problem with Cuphead, like I love the art style for that, but it's not a game. It's just boss fights. Yeah, it still looks like fun though. Yeah, it looks hard. Oh, it looks very, uh, it looks very challenging. Um, and it, yeah, yeah, almost everything I was really excited for this year: Street Fighter Five, Uncharted Four, Ratchet and Clank, and Dark Souls Three are all already out. Mm. How how do you feel about that Street Fighter Five? The same way I feel about Battlefront. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, at least at least all the DLC is free right now. No, and I I was actually very happy. Is that free forever? No, it's only free because they can't figure out how to get their online store to work. So that's why I, I'm glad you answered this question for me, Brian, because the other day I powered on Street Fighter and I had Charlie and Guile mm-hmm. and they weren't purchasable. So I figured yeah. I was like, well, hey, maybe Capcom gave those of us that bought the game on launch day a little gift. But so it turns out it's not. and I'm going to have to give them back. Yeah, no, because I, I know I've, I'd heard you talk about it before. Um the, they so the reason that this game has had so many problems is because of the Capcom Cup, and they wanted to get the game out of uh, in time for that, and so that's why it was missing so many modes and the like the story mode and and it had was so bare boned except for the, um, except for just like the one versus one fighting part aspect of the game, uh, and they have had issues with getting the store where you can spend fight money on stuff uh, integrated, um. Into the and I don't understand why they're having issues with that because I just I mean I I don't make games but games have been having in game stores for quite some time now uh, and I just don't understand what their problem is with that but what's happening is they are coming out with their release schedule for the characters that they were adding with the season pass uh, and then once from what I understand once that store is actually up and running then everything's going to come back off of that. And then you will have to purchase that stuff because they sold a season pass for that game for those characters. And so people spent money on those characters. And so, yeah, I was able to purchase a map in mm-hmm. the store with my in-game fight money, but the characters weren't available. Yeah. But yeah. No, I, uh, I think the mechanics of the game are, are great, but much like battlefront, much like you're saying overwatch feels to you, mm-hmm. it feels like half of a game. Yeah that I spent $60 on. Yeah. But on the opposite side of that coin, Uncharted and Dark Souls and Ratchet and Clank have all been worth every single penny I spent on them. So mm-hmm. I wish I liked the Uncharted games more than I do. Like those to me, like there's two aspects of those games. It's it's I don't feel like the shooting is responsive enough in those games and um to me those games are shooting and climbing on stuff you occasionally have very light puzzle solving aspects to those games. And like the main draw to that game is just the cinematic storyline. And so 
I just hate having to play through the game to see that part of the game. I, I've heard that criticism before, and I get that. I guess I don't have a problem with the, the jumping and shooting parts. Those are a lot of fun for me, and I mm-hmm. really do dig the story, the characterization. Uh, it's probably the best-looking game I think I've played in a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think I said this last week or the week before, but unless something just blows my doors off, Uncharted 4 is hands-down game of the year for me this year. Yeah. Well, it'll be interesting to see uh, you know, what, what they – what is announced at E3 this year? Cause I have a feeling that they'll, they, there will be stuff that's announced at E3 that comes out this year that uh, will be surprises for people. Now, you know, so. there's a lot of really good games that have come out already this year. So no, and we've, we've been really, uh, we've been really spoiled. Well, Brian, it was a, it was wonderful to have you here. I guess anyone in Atlanta, I know we have some listeners in Atlanta. In fact, I talked to a lot of you on, on the reg Head down to the expo this weekend. Uh, Brian, are you going to be out and about? Everybody be able to say hey to you? or Yeah, so in the main ballroom, like as you walk in uh, to the back right, we'll, we'll have uh, the modern gaming stuff set up. And they'll, we'll be projecting the tournaments onto a, uh, on, onto like a screen and stuff like that so that uh, it'll be easy for people to watch. We'll be streaming it on, online at twitch.tv forward slash Southern Fried Game Room Expo. Uh, and so if you can't make it to Atlanta, uh, check out the stream. Uh, I, I will be commentating. Uh, hopefully I'll be getting people that know more about the games than I do, uh, commentating with me because, uh, I, I will not be, uh, I will not be the best at, uh, telling you what's going on, on the screen. Uh, I can, I can, I can hopefully be kind of entertaining. And so, uh, I know for street fighter, uh, one of the guys at wizards here in town, he's coming, uh, to, um, they're sponsoring the street fighter tournament and he's coming and going to be doing commentary with me during the stream. And so, uh, he is a super big street fighter five guy. And so that, that'll be a really good one. Uh, but yeah, stop by the booth, um, and say, Hey, sign up for the tournaments. They're free, uh, with admission. So, and there's a bunch of really cool prizes for people, uh, that, that play in them. So awesome. Well, yeah. Uh, anyone down in Atlanta, go check that out. It sounds like a, a most excellent time and we will certainly be checking out the stream then because we're, We've got stuff going on on Twitch here all the time. So if you're down at the convention and you think you're about to get David Cross's autograph, you might be about to meet <laughs> Brian Grantham. So so just be just be careful uh, for that. Anyway, to my right, uh, as always, the man that needs no introduction, but I'm going to give him one anyway. Tyler Run TRG Glaze. I am Eric G Hollis. And if you're local here this week, we're having our event this coming up Thursday. So head down to Fox and Hound. Say hey to us as well. We'd love to meet you. We'd love to have you. Uh, I am Eric G. Hollis from the Bit Cave, and we are out. <laughs>